Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss the only award season that matters. So deal with it. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic multiverse. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. Yep. And I don't know if you noticed, it's the new year. You probably did because we put out our last episode on New Year's Day. But it's 2022. I've been calling it the stutter year or I've been singing Taylor Swift songs uh, personally. So it's the beginning. Uh, so we're going to give awards out for films of last year or TV shows of last year that Marvel put out. Uh, we have how many awards do we have? Two, four, six, eight. 10, 12, 13 awards to give out. So, uh, shall we get into it? Oh, before we get into it, we have something we have to do that we said we would do after our Spider-Man episodes. But before I get into that, can I give you the Danny's parents review of Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes. My dad. Oh, by the way, spoilers for anything that came out last year. Oh yeah, in Marvel. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of an unofficial spoiler warning because we're not discussing. But official because this is the been only with us to this point. Yeah, well, if you've been with us to this point, you've seen all. This, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. If if not, pause. Go watch all of the movies, and then come back that we covered. Yeah, and TV shows we covered over the last year. That's probably going to be more than maybe a not. Week. What if? Yeah, maybe not. What if you can skip that one. Uh, but anyway, skip what if and read the Wikipedia page on Falcon and Winter Soldier. That too, yeah. So my dad said that Spider-Man No Way Home. Actually, both my parents kind of had the opinion, my mom more so, that uh, why did we just watch a movie that was a remake of something we saw three years ago, but better? And I promise you, I did not put that in their heads. My dad walked up to me at Christmas when I had seen already and he hadn't yet. He's like, I think it's pretty cool they did the animated Spider-Verse first, so that way they felt okay with doing the new one. And I was like, I, I don't know where you got that from, but okay. Uh, so they both said that without me chewing it at all uh, to them. And my parents actually skipped Spider-Verse for like a month when it came out. And the reason that's a big deal is because like me, my parents are actually semi-big moviegoers. Like they go over Christmas break, usually we see two movies mm-hmm. or something. So the fact that that year at Christmas break, we didn't see Spider-Verse, I was annoyed by. Because <laughs> I was like, come on, guys, let's just go see this. And everyone was like, nah. But then they saw it like a month later once it started winning awards. Um, but anyway, that was their opinion. My dad liked Alfred Molina in it and Toby. They both liked seeing Toby again. My mom's opinion on it was also that she didn't understand. Like, she felt like the movie was, you had to see the Andrew Garfield movies to understand it. Which, if you remember, was actually a worry I was thinking about when we were uh, covering it on this, like, talking about it. It was like, I don't know how people who aren't super familiar with the Marvel movies are going to take this, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was our, that's the Danny's parents' rankings. And Tyler, I'm not adding that one to my rank. He just added the notes. I'm, I'm not ranking that because that's not a movie. Uh, uh, so oh. if you want to say it, you can. I'm not ranking it. It's not a movie. I will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more yeah. of emphasis as to why that last one is where it's oh, at. Oh, how low? But, the, okay, sure. Yeah. Sure, okay. So Tyler's going to... We're not going to argue much. 
I've already said we'll table one of the arguments for another retro episode we'll do later this year. But we're just going to give both of our individual Spider-Man movie rankings. So, Tyler, you can go first. All right. So, first up, right off the bat, we have, in first place, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, Even though I recognize this one is only where it's at because of past films, um, they still executed it um, pretty well. And, this will be the one uh, part I intervene and say we will ask for an update for this whenever we cover Spider-Verse. Not because of Spider-Verse, but because of the always possibility of recency bias. I'm just saying yeah, recency yeah. bias exists. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, I'm, total, I'm totally totally, uh, there with you. Um, so in the number two spot is Spider-Man 2. In the number three spot is Spider-Man. Um, that's the one with Tobey Maguire. Uh and then fourth spot is the hit classic Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> the fifth spot is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, the sixth is Into the Spider-Verse. Seven is Venom. Eight is The Amazing Spider-Man 1977. If you've not watched it, you can find it somewhere on YouTube or you can buy it off of Amazon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was a made-for-TV movie. It's good. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is after that. Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man 3, the musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Although it's not a movie, it's here because I would rather watch Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, which I was miserable watching the whole way through before I would have to rewatch The Amazing Spider-Man again. Well, and Spider-Man that's Turn 2012. Off the Dark has the bootlegger. Spider-Man Turn yeah. Off the Dark has the bootlegger. It has so. character. The The... Yeah. The cinematography, the cinematography has character. <laughs> exactly. So, so I mean, it, it just narrowly missed from making our award categories here. So, I just want to say. All right, All right, Danny, what about you? So, my list does not include The Amazing Spider-Man 77 because I haven't seen it. It also doesn't include Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark because even if I did want to count it, I consider it unrankable. Because uh, <laughs> alternatively, it could be at the very beginning of the list. It could be at the very end of the list. It could be right in the middle. I don't know where it could go. I can't, you can't ask me to rank it. So in first place is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Then it's Spider-Man 2. Then it's Spider-Man, the Toby Sam Raimi one. Then is Spider-Man No Way Home. Then is Spider-Man Homecoming. I just keep saying then. Sorry, guys. I didn't number these. Uh, after Spider-Man Homecoming is Spider-Man 3. Then is Venom Let There Be Carnage, followed by the original Venom. Then Spider-Man Far From Home. Then The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then The Amazing Spider-Man at the very end. So we agree on the last place. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Last place and second, second and third place. So which, we, had, we had quite a few overlapping. We, which leads us directly into our next one, which is the worst Marvel project this year. To review, the options are WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Venom Let There Be Carnage, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. All right. So I'm pretty sure that if you've been listening to the podcast throughout 2021, you're going to know that <laughs> worst Marvel pro- project from me goes to what if that is a straight up, not much thinking Oh, venom fell over uh, that there's not much 
thought that has to be done to that. Yeah, I was yeah. just I was just miserable through what if. What if was so bad we had to reinvent the format of our podcast <laughs> to continue. Yeah. yeah. If you remember our last regular coverage of what if about 40% of the episode was discussing the history of the term hashtag because we just did not know what to talk about with it. Yep. Yep. I would agree that what if is the worst, but I want to give honorable mentions here. You can give honorable mentions too if you like, because I feel like what if kind of exists in its own thing as the first animated Marvel show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it is as someone who likes animated shows and storytelling, it's terrible as, as someone who just gave Spider-Verse the best Spider-Man title. I can easily still give this the worst. You know what I mean? I I, yeah. I can blend the mediums. That said, the worst live action show, easily Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the worst movie to me easily was Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm. Uh, although I enjoyed all five of the movies we watched. Yeah. I think Venom, Let There Be Carnage was easily the worst film of them. Uh, that's for- the one that's the, like, the most like, if I have to pick a bad one, you know? Yeah. Whereas Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what if I do think are both legitimately bad pieces of media yeah like, they're not good <laughs> yeah falcon and winter soldier um like i'll rewatch it of course just because it's been hardwired into the into the continuity but it's not like i'm going to if i have a choice to rewatch loki versus falcon winter soldier I'm, I'm going with loki um definitely falcon winter soldier would be my uh worst for um, live TV show. Um, and then worse at, for movie wise, I would go with uh, Black Widow because there is so much, even just with the deleted scenes they took out from that, there would have been so much more of a movie if they would have kept them in. But it just, it just like all that movie did is yes, it set up Yelena. Um, but it really just stressed how poorly they've treated the Black Widow character in in this franchise. Yeah, I would say if I have to keep it to an MCU film, I I would have to admit. Well, actually, no. Our best movie rankings probably are different all the way up. But I would say Black Widow. If we had to limit it to MCU, we both agree it's the worst. Yeah, um, because it's really only exists to set up Yelena. Uh, who's cool? I like her. Oh yeah, I like. Uh, but like, <laughs> uh, it's just not. It's it should have come out. We all agree it should come out in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, sometime around then. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our choices to recap for worst Marvel project both were Tyler. We both picked what if. So cool. Uh, so best yeah. hero. Uh, we have selected one hero each from each show or movie to qualify here. So sorry, Monica Rambeau fans, we're not. She is not eligible here. Uh, and for the sake of Spider Man, we're only allowing the vote for the Tom Holland ones. But here are the nominees: uh, Vision, uh, Captain America. That's Sam Wilson for a oh, Vision for One Division. Uh, Captain America for the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Sam Wilson. Loki for Loki. I was tempted to put Mobius there, but Loki's yeah. the actual hero of the show. So uh, we picked T'Challa Star-Lord as our rep for What If. Uh, Kate Bishop for Hawkeye. Venom and Eddie for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, Elena for Black Widow. Shang-Chi for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
we ca- kind of universally agree Makari is the coolest and best Eternal, so she's our rep for Eternals. And Tom Holland, Spider-Man for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, this one, I honestly haven't picked my yet. Because uh, I feel like there's a lot of criteria here. I think for New yeah. Hero, I actually think the most exciting is Kate Bishop. But I would never pick her as the best hero of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, same thing with like Vision. I really liked Paul Bettany and WandaVision, but I don't think he's the best hero of the year, you know? Yeah. And also here, I think what if is this is probably like the bet most chance what if has is winning a positive award. Cause I did think the Charles <laughs> Starlord was such a highlight of the show. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn between two specifically. Um, I've narrowed, narrowed it down. It was at, at, uh, three, but I've narrowed it down to two. So which one did you kick out? Who'd so you kick out first? I kicked, I kicked out, uh, Makari from Eternals because I, we're going to hopefully get more Eternals. Um, and yeah, f- there, you know, future there for that, for that character. Um, and the other two that are left is Loki and Venom. And that's Venom because it's a, it's it's a character that like and this is all it's all Tom Hardy, but it Tom Hardy just nails it with this character and uh it, it he fulfills the role fulfills every promise that the film makes to to the audience and uh and i think that's hinged specifically on this character um however i think i'm gonna go with loki because this is a character that had a bunch of pivotal moments before in, through the MCU where it was like oh he finally turned like he turned he turned for good or he's just betraying uh you know he kind of got his own like mantra you know whatever yeah and then um we have that pivotal moment in Infinity War um where Thanos chokes him and then um and then in this show like Tom Tom Hiddleston played this character so well and the it's when loki's watching his whole life you know replay on disney plus um in the tva (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just when he's watching his his life replay like it actually hits him like i felt this character actually made a change to a hero in the in that show and uh he could have he had everything that he's ever wanted right there at his hands from he who remains and he chose he chose to walk walk away from it you know not much can be said for sylvie in that regard but yeah uh yeah i think loki loki's best hero for me what about you so before i give you mine i do want to say looking at this i keep thinking like you know for the next category we might go like so what would also be your worst pick because the last next category i look at it i see a lot of bad picks here, I think all the options are good, even from the stuff I don't like. Because I think Sam Wilson is probably the highlight of Captain uh, from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, and yeah, and of course, Yelena, we already said, great introduction to that character. Part of me says, if I'd put Mobius as an option, I might pick him. 
not necessarily Loki, because I think Mobius was an exciting new character. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I'm tempted to pick Shang-Chi, but the thing with Shang-Chi is, I, if I, you remember right, I actually said Simu Liu's performance in that was a little underwhelming to me, because I wanted the character to have more personality like he did when he was with Aquafina. Yeah. Uh, so I don't feel comfortable picking that. I'm going to surprise myself here. He's hilarious. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't get to be funny. Oh in no, the movie, which no. Is kind I, of a that's bummer. that's what I'm saying. Is like he's oh, hilarious yeah. in in interviews and stuff, and he's very lively. But yeah, like to highlight your point. Yeah, I've narrowed it down to two options. So I'm gonna give my second place first, and then my first place. And I can't believe I'm giving. If you told me at the beginning of this, my winner would be my winner, you'd call me insane. Uh, I would call you okay. insane. Uh, but my second place goes to T'Challa Star-Lord. Really a phenomenal send-off to Chadwick, even if it wasn't intended to be. I fully expect that his episode would be something I actually would revisit down the road compared to everything else in that show. But yeah. it is just a one-off episode he's good in. It's, he's left, let down by the finale. I actually have to pick Tom Holland's Spider-Man. This was the first time I really liked him. He holds his own against Andrew Garfield and Toby. Uh, and the ending puts him in a place where I wanted to be for upcoming films. And like he finally learns how to actually be a hero and clean up his own mess. So I honestly have to pick Spider-Man, which, again, told me that in January, I would call you crazy because I've never liked Tom Holland in these, his individual movies up until now. So right. my pick is Spider-Man. So, well, so. We all, we all, we all change sometimes for the better. So, well, uh, yeah, yeah. The MCU Spider-Man movies did change for the better this year. And I think you agree <laughs> with me looking at where they placed in your rankings. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So best villain. Agatha Harkness for WandaVision. John Walker for the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. He who remains for Loki. Ultron for what if. <laughs> Kingpin for Hawkeye. Oh. Carnage for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Draco for Black Widow. Wen Wu for Shang-Chi. Icarus for Eternals. And Norman Osborn for Spider-Man No Way Home. Or the Green Goblin. Whatever you want to say. You know? So let's let's knock some out first. Because <laughs> I think yeah. we can agree on someone's to knock out. I think uh, we can agree that Ultron. Ultron can, can be gone. Can step down. Yeah. Mystery box kingpin. We can kick out. Yep. Drake Carnage. Of, okay. Honestly, Drake of Carnage. No, we're gonna kick Drake yeah. up, up before Carnage. Yeah, Sorry, Drake of gone. I honestly, when you when I was reading through them and I saw Carnage for Venom, let there be Carnage. I was like, uh, is that is he actually in that movie? And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like, If you remember, I argued heavy for Shriek in that movie. I think yeah. Shriek is the better villain of the two, but neither would be my pick for this category. Upon rewatch, like I'm like, you know what? I was a little harsh on that character because I don't think like I think she need, should be the only villain you in the need, movie. You need Shriek in in the film, yeah. I think the film so, would be much better without Carnage and just to be Shriek. I stick by that hot take of mine because she's a more natural villain for Venom to fight. And yeah. we just did a big symbiote bad guy in movie two and movie one. So right. yeah, Carnage is just a repeat. But, oh, I just thought of a category to add. So I'm going to add it Okay. after this one, by the way. So we're getting rid of Carnage from, uh, yeah. from Best Villain. So that villain. leads us... 
with the good options, in my opinion. Although I would, well, I don't know. What's your? Do you want to keep Icarus here? I'm good with kicking him out too. He's okay. He's I not great. It was refreshing to not get a big bad in that film necessarily. Um, yeah. Like I, I liked the way that he portrayed portrayed it, and Richard Madden's so performance him. was good. Yeah, we keep him. Yeah. All right. So to review, our actual best villain options are <laughs> Agatha Harkness, which I know Tyler doesn't like, but I like her. John Walker, Falcon Winter Soldier, which I think we'd all agree with. I know I said Sam Wilson is really good, but I think John Walker is actually the best part of that show. He Who Remains for Loki, uh, Wenwu for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Chris for Eternals, and Norman Osborn for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so... Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. All right. So first off, I already said I think Icarus is whatever. So he'd be gone for me. Next up being gone would be Norman Osborn because even though he's really good, I kind of feel like picking him as cheating because it very much is just we're taking the Raimi performance and putting it in there. Uh, it's the same mm. reason why I wouldn't pick Andrew Garfield Spider-Man for Best Hero because it does feel like cheating yeah. in a sense. Although I am tempted to use him for performance later on. Tempted. I don't know if I will. Uh, which means, for me, obviously, if I have to pick a best movie villain, it's going to be one movie. He's my best villain overall. We'll see. Of the villains on the TV show, I actually think John Walker probably reigns supreme here for me because we're going to get... Jonathan Majors is just more of like a teaser for what we're going to get down the road. Yeah. Even though I like Adela Harkness, I think I enjoyed Holland's performance more when she was in disguise. Mm-hmm. Like when she's just being the sitcom friend. Yeah. So I think John Walker would be my TV show best villain. And just off of sheer strength between the two options, I think Wenbu has to be my best villain. Because one, like he's the main reason Shang-Chi honestly works as a film. Uh, two, Tony Leung is phenomenal. And since I'm picking for best villain, I'm going to say right now, this disqualifies him personally for my best performance choice down the road, even though he probably would win that too. But I'm not going to let him take both. Uh, but yeah, I think Wenwu is such an integral part of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings as a film, and it's mostly the both the writing and Tony Leung's performance, and he's what I left the movie thinking the most about. So in that case, uh, compared to everyone else here, no one else here completely overtook their thing the way Wenwu did, so Wenwu is the best villain of the year to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Um... Mine's narrowed down pretty much to he who remains Loki for the TV side, and then Wenwu um, for Shang Chi on the T on the movie side. Norman Osborn, um, and yeah, I gave him a Why Is Award um, for Spider Man No Way Home, and when we covered uh, Spider Man, um, yeah, yeah, and so like I'm really tempted to give him that but i i like your point and i agree with it with it's a re it's it's just moving the green goblin over from i don't want to say it's copy and paste but i mean it is a different characterization it is it's it's a it's a continuation of of that character um yeah i and the thing with he who remains is that he's in one episode and yet he he just brought so much presence into to that. I mean, and a lot of that is Jonathan majors. Um, wouldn't expect anything less. Um, but 
he who remains just has so much presence in that episode and uh i think he's a very well written villain um but the one who's written better is winwu hands down um and i think that i i i know i've said before like i i said that flashbacks are cheating i think all the flashbacks in shang chi are a staple to that story um because there's nothing that's really there's nothing redundant and um and it it shows that it, it we actually see Win Wu's story and we understand why he's the bad guy um rather than f- like other movies where it's just like well he's the bad guy because he's the bad guy uh looking at you Thor Dark World um so <laughs> So, okay, yeah. There are other options that we had that were pretty much like that too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, I would say um He Who Remains, we're gonna get a lot more of the his, his variants. We're gonna get a lot more of King. Um I'm gonna give this one to uh best villain of twenty twenty one is Wen Wu from Shang-Chi. Right. Yep. So we agree on that one. Oh, and because I didn't do the recap for Hero. Tyler gave it to Loki and I gave it to Spider-Man. Uh, but Wenwu, we agree on as best villain. Now, I added two awards here. One of them I put as honorary work because I'm pretty sure we don't even need to discuss it, which is best action scene in, a, in the Marvel thing. Okay, so we, we agree. Let's hold on, hold on. Let's both say at the same time All right. what movie our best action scene is. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, no, not movie. We're picking oh. a scene. We're picking well, a scene. I think we can w- even do three, two, one and get the scene. Okay. Trying to do that. So, okay. Three. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Win Woo. Oh, no. Ah, I was going to Win Woo. The Win Woo restaurant revenge scene. That oh. scene is so vivid in my mind. Like, I can still, like. Okay. Yeah. That's fair, but I don't count that for me. I guess I more meant like a big set piece. Okay. So, to me, I wouldn't consider that an option because it's just a. Uh, like a 20 second thing it's a really great moment but i wouldn't count that as like an action i i didn't put scene i didn't put sequence uh but if we were to give it a sequence we agree it's bus scene right like bus scene beats scaffolding scene right yeah yeah bus scene beats scaffolding scene yeah <laughs> all right so we'll give the honorary award to bus scene but also give tony the young an extra little small award next to it along with the <laughs> camera operator for the because I agree with you, that's a good moment. I, I would consider that best action moment, whereas this is best action scene. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. How we used to differentiate those. At least we uh, both had it. Like we both had the same movie. So yeah. That, well, yeah. I knew we'd agree on Shang Chi. There is no other option. Right. Uh, although best action scene from a TV show to me goes to the Hawkeye episode three uh, action scene. Easy. Uh, but since this is yeah. an honor reward, we can only give out one thing, and it's going to go to the bus scene, Shang Chi. Uh, for the great late Brad Allen too, shout out, uh, great work on Chung Chi. Uh, best post credit scene. All right, Let's, <laughs> we're gonna recap all the post credits. Oh scenes. goodness! So WandaVision post credits. Well, mid credit scene was uh, Monica being recruited by the Scrolls to be in Captain Marvel two. I for- honestly forgot that this show well, even had those. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna re- I'm that's why I'm recapping because I okay, know we probably forgot them. Uh, actual post credit scene is Wanda in a cabin hearing her kid's voice from the beyond after studying dark magic. Mm. Falcon Winter Soldier. 
probably would win our worst post credit scene. Sorry, I mean, you might pick Hawkeye, but for me, it's Falcon Winter Soldier. Oop, Sharon's still around, and she's going to do bad stuff in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Loki post credit scene doesn't really exist, just says we're getting a second season. Uh, what if post credit scene? <laughs> this is also pretty bad, I think. Uh, Peggy discovers Steve in a frozen thing in her universe. Hawkeye post credit scene. It's the dance number. Uh, Venom let there be carnage. Whoop. Venom's in the MCU. And I'm going to just jump at the Spider-Man No Way Home. Whoop. He isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Along with a Doctor Strange 2 trailer. Uh, Black Widow. Whoop. Yelena's going to be in Hawkeye. Shang-Chi. Uh, we have two. One is Shang-Chi basically unofficially joins the Avengers and meets Hulk. Captain Marvel and Wong, and they study the Ten Rings things, then they do karaoke. And then also the Ten Rings are still around, and his sister's going to run them, and it's still going to be evil. Uh, Eternals, Harry Styles joins the MCU. Also, alter, also we hear Mahashala Ali's voice. So those are all the post-credit scenes. It's post-credit scene, Mahashala Ali's voice. It's Are any the of these TV show ones good? I don't think any of these uh, TV shows bad. Good post credit scenes. The the most that like gets me like oh I want to see you know see what's what's going on next is um, Wanda studying the Darkhold and hearing her kids. That's that's about the the only one I would also really say the Monica one is like easily second place too the other yeah, ones are so yeah. bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least the Monica one like outright sets up something you know whereas everything else here is just kind of like either sets up something I don't want to see or is a dumb easter egg yeah I I think my choice has to be between two of them I think it narrows down well okay what, what, what? are you gonna say well no or do you want me to say I'm pretty I'm pretty much already decided so, yeah. What? Well, okay. What is, so, what you? I think both because they kind of work together. I think the Venom Let There Be Carnage reveal that got me really excited, and then the reveal of No Way Home that it's a troll are both excellent post credit scenes. Yeah, uh, they're really fun. Uh, it's actually a hard pick for me because I would say I would pick the Shang Chi one. However, the one of Wong. Yeah. However, I fully believe that should be the actual end of the movie. Uh, yes. Not a post credit scene, which kind of makes me want to disqualify it. Because I really don't like when I have that feeling. Because I think Wong singing Hotel California with Shang-Chi and Katie would be a good ending. Rather than a, whoop, let's walk towards this portal that will let us go into the post credit scene. Um, yep. But otherwise, that's the best scene, you know, uh, of these. However, I want to give a shout out. I think I'll pick this one because I don't think I'm going to pick the movie for anything else. I'm going to pick the Harry Styles Eternal scene. Um, because here's the thing. I think the Spider-Man No Way Home, and I can't pick between the two of them. The Venom yeah. Let Be Carnage one and the Spider-Man No Way Home one. Because they're both really fun, but for the exact same reason. Uh, and as I said, I issue the Shang-Chi one. I think the Eternals one, as I said, set up like a sequel to me so brilliantly in one post credit scene. Because uh, I do want the sequel just to be that group of Eternals with Harry Styles going to save their friends. I think that would be such a good setup for a sequel. Uh, and I think Harry Styles instantly sells you on his character in like five seconds of screen time. Uh, 
And I think that's a cool it's a cool dynamic he offers already. So I picked the Eternals mid credit scene. I think it's a go even if the CGI is bad. I think it's a good one. It's a good post credit scene outside of that. They can fix okay. the CGI for the sequel. Yeah. Uh I'm going with I'm going with Spider Man No Way Home Venom. Uh I mean Venom that's a good one. Back. I can't be mad at Venom that. Venom goes back to the uh Sasu. Or the yeah, Sasu formerly known as Spunk. Um, oh, this would be the year. This would be the year of the death of the title Spunk. Spunk. Uh, wait, I do want to say one more last thing about post credit scenes. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Eternals post credit scene would easily be the number one here if we saw Blade. Just want to put that on yes. the record. Yes. Easily would be the number one. We didn't. So it's a fart of a, It's literally a fart of post credit scene, even though it is really cool. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, I. I I go with I go with uh, Venom is sent back to the Susu. Uh, this it was the perfect capitalization on the like on the setup uh, at the end of Venom of Derby Carnage, and uh, yeah, like I I was perfectly happy. It, it was what I highlighted in our uh, review of No Way Home. It's what I highlighted as it's what I needed is what I needed that I didn't think that I needed. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that actually sets up rather than keeping venom, just running rampant in the MCU. um, It allows Sony to continue doing their thing, but also allows a symbiote. Please give us Andy. Please give us. Yes. Yes. I, I, (laughs) so I so hope, and that's what the rumors are um, right now. Of course, it's all just, rumors hopeful speculation um right now maybe but maybe they delayed morbius three months so they could shoot a post credit scene of andrew garfield that's that's the rumor that's what that's i've what I been would hearing like to see that's what i hope my hope is yeah sure we can get andrew garfield in that post credit scene but we get andrew garfield in that post credit scene and he's watching venom eat morbius and then Venom is like he did not my taste actual, good, and then know, he chases Andrew Garfield. And my realistic hope, scene. yeah, my realistic hope is that Michael Keaton is the Sasu's version of Vulture, and we see Andrew Garfield fight him. And so I don't know, maybe I don't know if that's a postcard scene or anything. Anyways, uh, shall we move on, or do you have more to say about the postcard scenes of the year? Oh, I'm just I'm just really excited for where like it looks like we'll eventually get black suit Spider-Man in the MCU and Spider-Man versus a symbiote. And, uh, and then also hopefully Spider-Man versus Venom in the Sasu. So Sasu. All right. So our next category, our next two categories have to do with our podcast specifically, not necessarily with the MCU. Uh, so first we have our best green room movie. Now, if you know our podcast, we have a segment called In the Green Room where we watch movies in the green room and that are just not Marvel related. Now, for this award, we are not allowing it to be any movie because I think we kind of agreed we'd all pick Luca or the Green Knight or Lord of the Rings movies because we covered all of those. Uh, yep. We would not pick the Tomorrow War, which might I tell you, I saw an awards campaign for, <laughs> ad for. Oh, for all, in your consideration, for all categories. Oh, wait, wait, I got to tell you, it was all categories, including. Let me say both, because the, the combination is really funny to me. 
all categories, including best picture and best sound. Because <laughs> the thing oh, is, the best sound is like so bad. Maybe I get well, no, because best sound is totally the type of thing that type of movie gets nominated for. It's sound yeah. and visual effects, but then you'd yeah. be like, oh, but also pictures an option. Gah. Uh, so anyway, calm we're down, limiting calm our down Jeff to, Bezos. Calm down. We're limiting our options to what we gave to each other. For um, it. So we'll have to do these separately. I can't pick my favorite thing I gave Tyler, and Tyler can't pick his favorite thing I gave me. So I gave Tyler this year four films Can You Ever Forgive Me, Wolf Walkers, Coco, and The Big Sick. Which of these four movies do you think is the best film? Hands down, The Big Sick. Watched really? it, watched it you twice. Pick, can You Ever Forgive Me? I was thinking you could pick Can You Ever Forgive oh, Me. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's a close second, but I watched The Big Sick. Uh, Twice in one. Tyler week. doesn't like cartoons. Have you guys caught so, that? No, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sorry. yeah, that is a thing. Um, but cartoons. Like, uh, see, here is the crazy Wolf thing: Walkers more than I thought. I, I, I did Coco's, like Wolf Walkers yeah. more. Yeah. Um, see, that's the thing. I, I'm like, I'm not a fan of musicals, and I'm not a fan of animation. But if it's 1990, whatever Hercules, I'm there. Like, Meanwhile, I hate Hercules. I think Hercules yeah. is one of the worst Disney movies. Oh, uh, uh, but it's. I just think it's funny that I think Coco is your worst here, and that's the one I think like you'd like the most. At least. Yeah, I. Yeah, it, big sick, big sick. Hands hands down. Um, I could probably after we get done recording, go watch it again. I won't, but but yeah. Yeah, definitely big sick. Okay, so I feel bad that I cut you off when you're first talking about it. Oh. It sounded like you're gonna say a lot more, and I was just like, "What about this one? What about this other option?" So <laughs> I I gave Danny four options, and they were <laughs> the legendary movie, The Cat in the Hat, Three Kings, Reign of Fire, and A Knight's Tale. Danny. Which one of these four is your favorite, and why is it the cat in the hat? So I'm gonna ignore that, and I'm gonna point out, and this is to be expected. This isn't actually me like trying to do a gotcha, but mm-hmm. every single one of none of these movies got close to my rating for any of the movies I gave Tyler, which I think is fair because I feel like for at least two of these movies, Tyler would probably say the same thing for me on the ones I gave him. Uh, for the two obviously getting kicked out first are the cat and the hat and rain of fire. Um, so picking between three Kings and the night's tale, I think I got to pick three Kings. I really liked it. Yeah. I remember having the thought that I, the screen, like at the music box, I'd go see it mm-hmm. like, on the big screen. I thought it was really nice. Um, much as I don't like David O. Russell as a person, he did release a really great film in the nineties before he was a terrible person. So like, or, before he was a, he was actually a bad person when this came out, but not a bad. He's gotten worse. Is my point. David Russell's gross, but this is a good movie. You can separate the art from the artist in this case, especially because George Clooney is a good person and he's really good in this. It's just a nice little like mix of a heist and a war movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Three Kings is my pick. At least. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, uh, you have one. Get out of DC free card now nice for 2022 right. so best dc movie of the year uh, <laughs> Justice League, the Suicide squad uh, is there any other one i watched was both there, of those um was there any other one uh, for Zack snyder 
Or no, was there any other DC just movies? DC. Yeah, I think it was just those two. I think it was Probably just something cause, animated. No, that well, because Wonder Woman came out in a. Uh, was that twenty? Came out. Yeah, that came out at Christmas last year. So I think it was just those two. If I had to pick, it's uh, probably Zack Snyder's Justice League. Say, yeah, surprise. Yeah, that's probably uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League for me. Uh, just the the uh, the uh, battle scenes. I was kind of like, oh, cool. I wish Thanos I just, like, did some of this, but. I like just the idea that it's like, um, I mean, it's not necessarily, I think they're both probably equal in quality. The difference is that the audaciousness of Zack Snyder releasing a movie that is only like in four, three aspect ratio and four hours long. I have to respect it. Even if there are moments I think are not necessary. Anyway, back to your English sketch of programming. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we we, we I yeah. suck. oh were you gonna say it sorry oh uh, yeah so now we have um, the best director's filmography and what we do um, if this is your first time listening um, what we do is prior to a new film's release in theaters um, for Marvel uh, we usually watch the director of that new film we watch. Um, just a collection of usually uh, two to three of their films um, that they have usually. done. Yeah, usually. I watched four, I watched four for one of these. Um, yeah. But that was just me. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we we watch a collection of those and then we do an episode on that. And it's a nice little break um, from superheroes and such. And um, it's I I don't think I've seen any of the films that from these directors prior to prior to this podcast. So um, it's, it's been an interesting little, little uh, journey through that. So yeah. uh, in the uh, categories, right, wait, 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 we, we got to yeah. say though, we got to give apologies to John Watts. We figured your previous films were not going to be enlightening because we don't like you. Well, I don't like you as a director. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just we, think we his will, other two Spider-Man will, films are boring. Well, we will probably eventually cover him because we know he'll be back in the MCU. Yeah. We just thought it was more important to cover the Spider-Man movies when we could. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, so our category, or yeah. Yeah, our, our directors categories, we covered yeah, were... Directors are Kate Shortland. Um, we did an episode uh, covering Berlin Syndrome. Along uh, with... Along, along with, with... Yeah. Summer Sultan lore. I'll do the along with Scott. Okay. Um, and then Destin Daniel Cretton, he was the director of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, and the movie, main movie that we covered was Short Term 12. We also talked, I also, along with our guests, talked about I Am Not a Hipster, The Glass Castle, and uh, Just Mercy, which is actually probably his most mainstream film besides Shang-Chi. I just want to give shout out to Just Mercy. It's a good and- movie. And uh, for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, the director was Andy Serkis, um, which we covered Mowgli. And Oops. it's Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Yes. Yeah, but it's Legend of the Boot. Legend <laughs> of the Boot. Um, and, and he also did an Andrew Garfield biopic called Breathe that I talked about briefly. Yeah. Uh, which breathe, is why we want breathely. Andy and Venom 3. Uh, and then we did Chloe Zhao. Yes, where we mainly talked about Nomadland, but I also saw the writer for the first time, which is why I listed it there. And we also talked about Songs My Brother Taught Me, which is her debut film. So, really, 
for Tyler, I'm going to let Tyler give it first, because for Tyler, this really comes down to which of these four films are the best? What a collection. Berlin Syndrome, Short Term 12, Mowgli, Legend of the Netflix, or Nomadland. <laughs> um, I think it's funny that Mowgli just sticks out like a sore bone compared to the other three. Yes. The other three are all vaguely art house. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with um, as much as I enjoyed Nomadland and Chloe Zhao's cinematography, um, I'm going to have to give this one to uh, Destin Daniel Cretton for Short Term 12. I would watch that. I'd watch that one again. Um Definitely, I, there would be no hesitation. I'd I'd watch that one again. Um, it changed my take on uh, an actor actress uh, who he works Brie with. Larson. Brie, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, I was a have Marvel podcast, and I don't know who plays the heroes in this uh, <laughs> in this uh, multiverse. Uh, so yeah, yeah, changed my um, take on Brie Larson as an actress. And uh, yeah, Captain Marvel, your writing is crap. Um, so Danny, well, as I remember what I said about like the post credit scene of Shang Chi, where it's like, oh wow, she's finally with a director she likes. Her character finally has personality, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Short term twelve, just and plus both like Danny and I, we both have uh, backgrounds working with kids and in education yeah. and uh yeah it just it just that yeah, resonates resonates too so uh what about you now before i go before i give mine i want to say that we have a category coming up that we'll get to soonish called episode we're most proud of and i think uh i obviously won't pick any of these but i think i'm really proud of us doing these episodes i think all four of these episodes we did are really like top 10 stuff we've done because we really dissect a lot of different things here, with the exception of the Mowgli one. But the Mowgli one was a fun episode, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing to me, is that I... Sorry, Mowgli. You're gone. Uh, you're gone. Like, the other three movies are so much better. Because uh, the thing to me is, I'm not really counting uh, the Jow episode as Nomadland, because I'd seen Nomadland, but I'm counting it as the writer, which I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but the thing is... And I think I want to give credit to this because you didn't talk about it a lot. I think our Berlin Syndrome episode is probably the like one of the most sophisticated talks we've had on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I true. think it's a really great movie. I think it's much better than Black Widow. Much, much better. So than much Black better. Widow. I would like Kate Shortland to do a short budget thriller instead of like Black Widow too. I, mean, I don't think she, I don't think we're going to get a Black Widow. As I said, I think we're going to get a Black Widow and Hawkeye movie, which would probably have a different team on it. Um, but thing is with the writer and Berlin syndrome they're both really great films that i'm glad i saw for the first time in 2021 however short term 12 is one of the best films of the last decade and i think the thing is looking at filmography well thing is if i was to really judge these filmographies i think the writer and nomadland are about equal to short term 12 and just mercy but for the sake of me trying to keep it on uh, the level of Tyler where he's really no offense you're judging it by one movie so I'm trying to keep it to like me judging the writer yeah. versus short term 12 and Berlin Syndrome uh, short term 12 wins out uh, it really is such a great film I want to get a Criterion release so I can just own it and love it and rewatch it over and over again uh, well not over and over again because I'll just be crying every day <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but 
it would be uh, nice to have a good copy of it. Uh, I think the Dustin Daniel Crudden. Uh, but if I had to pick which of these I think is the most talented director, I think it's Chloe. Just going to put that on record. Mm. I think Dust- I think Short Term 12 is the best film of these three, but I think Chloe Zhao is the best director of these four. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Academy agrees with me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she did. She did. Like as much as as disputed as the criticism is of Eternals, um, she she managed to pull together a an ensemble hero film. Pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid ensemble hero film. I I definitely think Zhao and Credin are the best. Also directed the. Like of these four, yeah, their MCU films had the stamp of the direction the most. Mm. So, mm. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man. Now uh, you're making me making me want to change my mind over <laughs> over to Chloe. Okay, anyways. well, well, I didn't know, but I was saying I think Credin did too, though, because Credin really, as my as I've always said with Shang Chi, I'm always impressed with like how he really asserts himself in the drama scenes, but knows to go away. Because the thing is. And the way I say that, I want to clarify, because a lot of these things with these Marvel movies, you know, we always talk about how they have second unit and how they feel like anonymous action. But the thing is, is that, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Good call. Uh, the thing is, is that, um, sorry, he was adding something to the notes, listeners. When uh, Shang-Chi, the second unit direction still feels distinct and like it has a voice behind it. It's just not Credin's voice. And I feel like that only happens with Credin's support and Fiji's support. Uh, of Credin, like let me let me phrase because that makes it sound like I'm giving Feige credit. I think Credin had to assert himself to get that with Feige, and Feige yeah. probably was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure." Once Credin asked for it, but the thing is, I always think back to Black Panther, which is a movie I really like. But if you compare the action in Black Panther to the action in Creed, it's very obvious which one of them had their action scenes completely previs beforehand. And in Shang Chi, I think the bus fight and the scaffolding fight are both just so well done mm-hmm. and really stand out. And I think that happens because Credit put his foot down and was like, we need to actually do this the way the, like Jackie Chan did, you know, cause that's yeah. what Brad Allen yeah. for. So, but anyway, um, we can move on. Uh, best retro movie. This is a film we covered on the podcast that was not a current release. Uh, it is not part of the director's filmography, and it, we're also disqualifying the Spider-Man movies from this because we already talked about Spider-Man rankings, and we all just would probably pick Spider-Man two anyway. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the movies in this category are Captain America: Civil War, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, X-Men: First Class, The Avengers, Captain America: The First Avenger, and Venom. Venom. Okay. Venom is the worst. <laughs> uh, let me be very clear on that front. Venom is the the worst. <laughs> mm. uh, I I would almost rather watch Venom before watching Captain America: The First Avenger, but that's because I've seen Captain America: The First Avenger so many times. I've re. I think the Avengers you know, is more the victim one. of that to me. The Avengers, uh, well, Avengers that one, one is too. More victim of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to pick first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, for me, it's it's Captain America: The Winter Soldier for me. Um, I it was close with X Men: First Class, mainly because of the performance of uh, Michael Fassbender, 
like we we said on our coverage of that movie uh it was pretty much a magneto film um throughout. oh we forgot an option yeah. we forgot an option oh which one we're not gonna pick it but thor one is an option we're not gonna, oh no thor one is an option we're not gonna, well Ooh. it's an option we have to list it as an option it is an option it is yeah thor one we're not gonna pick it it's Sorry, Drew. That Sorry. That one is actually probably our worst. Our worst. Yeah. Poor, poor Luke and Drew. We covered the worst movies with them. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so so uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. So Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, it it just just rewatching it. Um, I was like this. This action is just so, so good. The act, the action's done so well. The beats are down, down pat. The you have to really look for. There's not like glaring issues or parts in the narrative that necessarily make me think, "Oh, wait a minute." Kind of like Venom does, um, where I'm like, "I like, like, okay, what?" Um, uh, whereas Captain America: The Winter Soldier is just it's all around pretty uh, pretty solid, and there are there are little things in it like with Chris Evans. Uh, I'm always think always think of this uh, this moment is when he's running through a bus, and uh, I believe it's the Winter Soldier is uh, cutting through that bus with a minigun, and um, Cap raises his arm. Like he has the shield on it, but he doesn't have the shield, and it's like just out of instinct, and it's ju- it's just those little details, it's like, you know, it's like the moment that make in Avengers the moment. one where there's an explosion and Thor just puts his hand over his face. <laughs> <laughs> when when is that? I I think I missed it. Uh, I don't remember where it is, but he's like standing next to Cap because it's like very evident Cap's hiding behind his shield, and Thor's just like covering his face his own face <laughs> like different i think it's must be when the two of them team up a little bit yeah uh, my best retro movie uh it's funny because you said it was one you wouldn't pick i picked captain america the first avenger mm. um this really still stands out to me as such a unique vibe among any of these movies including first class and the reason i single out first class is because it's the air quotes good one of these that isn't in the mcu i say air quotes good because we like them no, we hate Venom. <laughs> but uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, I was surprised at how well it stood up to me, especially when I had watched it twice. I had watched it in March and then I watched it and we covered it for this podcast. Um, yeah. I also think that Captain America, the first Avenger, um, not that this is not actually have a bearing on it, but I think our conversation with Jay was very enlightening and like how to talk about like, like we talked about a lot of stuff. We broke down a lot of the movie and he, we both really got to, and you're like, eh, it's okay. But we both really got down to like why I like the movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also think there's a lot, I have a lot of nostalgia for Captain America, the first Avenger. And unlike the Avengers and Winter Soldier, which I've seen so many times, I still haven't revisited it enough that it's gone for me. Mm. Uh, so I pick uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Cause this was the year I bumped it up from my four out of five to a 4.5 out of five also. So gotcha. First Avenger for me. Gotcha. Nice. Okay, right. so the episode we are most proud of. Now, this is an episode of the podcast that we're most proud of. And this is the category I'm most excited. Well, I, I think we agree on this one, too, because we've talked about this for a while. We've talked about this since we've done it, I think. 
Maybe you don't agree with me. I I I don't know. I'm starting to second guess now. Um, well, but, I will say, Tyler. Yeah, I will get very mad if you pick the episode without me in it because I know you love Felicia. Why is it tie and dad? Please don't pick the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? I want to give a shout out before we pick ours to a green room I'm proud of, which is well, there's two of them. I'm really proud of the Luca one we did. But I'm yeah. even more proud of, I think, the Green Knight one we did with Tori. Yes. I think that was a really good breakdown of yeah. that movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was nice to have Tori on for it. Oh, and it was also, I want to give a shout out to all of our guests we've had this year. Uh, and also, when the guests came to the Green Room, I, had, I think that was particularly pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they didn't come, we still love you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a good time. Uh, but do you want me to say it first? Because I think we agree. But maybe we don't want an embarrassing like that. Do we want thing again. at the same? Do we want to do this at the same time again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Three, two, one. Go. Episode Spider-Man, eighteen. Turn off the dark. Yes. It, yeah. Is that a turn off the dark? That's eighteen. <laughs> it's the sing, swing, yeah, I, and swing special. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think because uh, we did a couple temp anniversaries this year. We did, of course, Thor, Captain America, uh, First Avenger. Uh, X-Men First Class, all those cool anniversaries. I think Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was something we both heard about but never experienced. And it allowed us to bring in our theater expertise in a way on this podcast we've never really had the chance to before and never really will again, I think. (laughs) I think the closest that we got to it was probably with Green Knight. Because yeah. we also had the the text to go back on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just think also that was a more interesting episode to me because we really broke down the history of the production, how it had changed over time, over besides what we watched. Uh, plus, Mark got to talk about the Paddington movies for a bit. I'm not proud of that part, but it's, <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> but yeah, I think our Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark breakdown is something that remains pretty unique on our podcast that I don't think we're ever going to really touch again. Cause there's never, I don't think there's been a weird Marvel thing that has, has been as weird as that. You know? Yeah. Although yeah. someday I do want us to do either the museum, like there's a touring Marvel exhibit. I want us to do that someday. Yeah. Or even like <laughs> do a GoFundMe to send us to Avengers campus at, at Disneyland. <laughs> that, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. We'll see. We'll see if our lo- loyal listeners want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was I forgot we I forgot we covered that in a news episode, and we talked about like everything that was at, and then we we were like, and now uh, Mater is in the MCU because his ride is next door to Spider Man, <laughs> and you can hear him too. Mater is uh, if you think about it. So in Spider-Man No Way Home, it implies that the multiverse exists and all Spider-Man must exist in the MCU, which means that creepy YouTube Spider-Man that probably shares a video of Nader is in the MCU too. So which would mean if, yeah, yeah. I'm does right. that does that? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm right. right. <laughs> does that also make Julius's um, scene 
from edited scene from Amazing yeah, Spider-Man Julius, 2. Julius made a piece of the MCU. It's now canon? Okay. It's canon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man No Way Home is actually from that universe. Oh. He never tells. You know, it wouldn't be because they'd be like, ooh, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he, maybe he showed up like he was just starting to to enter the MCU when Doctor Strange sent everyone back. (laughs) Oh, oh man, oh man! (laughs) All right, all right, yeah. This one's gonna be a bit of a come down from that one, but just best score because we always talk about the score here. Our options are Christoph Beck for Wandavision. Henry Jackman for Falcon and Winter Soldier, Natalie Holt for Loki, Laura Cartman for What If, Christoph Beck and Michael Par- Paraskivas for Hawkeye, Marco Beltrami for Venom Let There Be Carnage, Lauren Balfi for Black Widow, Joel P. West for Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Ramin Djawadi. Djawadi. Be- yeah, Djawadi. it's Djawadi. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Djawadi, sorry, uh, for Eternals, and Michael Giacchino for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, well... Before I say the choice that I think we both agree on, I will. I want to give credit to the movie side first. Uh, I would actually pick Joel P. West for the best of the movies. Uh, mm. That's a his score has really grown on me since. It came Ooh, out. I think yeah, the Eternal yeah. ones is really good too. Uh, Jawadi's score is very good for Eternals, but I think Joel P. West came in from only really doing credits uh, melodramas and gave a really good blockbuster score. It doesn't really have particularly memorable melodies, but there is the instrumentation is. It gives you chills in the moment. So yeah. Also, like the bus scene, that's all score. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all score, and that is just fantastic. It's great. Yeah, it's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> you know what else has bops, Danny? The Cat in the Hat. <laughs> uh, and uh, I can follow along. Ow! I don't know. Boo! <laughs> I just slammed uh, my elbow on the desk. Oh, I thought you were saying ow at me. <laughs> no, no. Um, I want to say also um, best uh, sc- score before we give our winner because, as I said, Tyler and I kind of already agree on this one. I think uh, I want to give a shout out to Laura Cartman for what if because I always actually liked the score on that show. Mm, I never yeah. had an issue with the score on that show, and it did what I've always asked the MCU to do, which is interweave themes. Yes, this was a bit at the cost of the themes actually like being like having new themes but like i think she did a good job yeah the winner of best score is natalie holt for loki oh yeah definitely it's back might i point out i have not watched loki since june and I have not listened to the sound. Oh, excuse me, since July when it ended. And I have not listened to the soundtrack since it ended. But I remember the theme. Nothing else on this list gives me that. <laughs> it um, also like has such a unique sound for Marvel. Yes, it, does, it sounds like nothing else they've done. Yes, yeah. And I remember like we were talking about it from week one, all the yeah, okay. and then all the way through. Yeah. She did just a phenomenal job, like really just stellar work. Um, would probably be my choice of score of the year, besides maybe the Luca score. Um, and even the Holt gives such a good job, Luca Luca Loki. Um, but yeah, really a phenomenal score. Oh yeah, um, and we just totally agree on this one. And if you don't agree with us, you're crazy. Sorry. 
<laughs> like I, I, I'm gonna be honest. Like anything else here, okay. This and Wenwu, I feel like are like the such clear cut winners to me of both their categories. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So All right. best performance. Wait, can I give another special award very quick? That's okay. not on the notes. Yeah. Uh, and you can agree with me or disagree with me. I think the way I'll, I'll, I'll title this best moment completely divorced of future or past context. Because I think it's very important to say that because I think there are two choices here. If we do that, I'm going to pick the one that you need to have divorced from context. The other one in all the Marvel movies or TV this year, I think in this my movie pick would be Toby and Andrew coming for the portal. Come on. We were so hyped. I can't think of any other moment from these movies that was as hype as that. Yeah. And no, we're not counting the one move fight scene because we already gave it an award. <laughs> yeah. But I think the most hype moment, and this is why we need to divorce of all context, is the end of episode five of WandaVision when Evan Peters walks out after the argument in the credits. It does not matter who we were eventually let down. In that moment, we felt euphoria. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. that moment, I was like, oh, the multiverse is real. And then <laughs> you had to wait a few months for that. But the thing is, is like, I, I think that like, I think just episode five of one division is such an achievement of an episode. Yeah. That that ending being what it was and still having so much to talk about in the episode made that moment even more special to me. Uh, and even if it could never live up to our hype from that episode, I was really glad I had that moment, especially with in the beginning of this podcast and covering the show that there was such a like mind blowing moment in these. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that was our one of that was one of the longest episodes we had for a TV episode, <laughs> wasn't yeah. it? I think it definitely is our longest TV coverage we've done. Oh, we did. We do need to say because when we had uh, Kevin Lau on guest for the, the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, we talked about what our longest episode was, and it is. You were right, Kevin. It is in fact by five minutes. Um, the episode nine with uh, you, where we covered Captain America: Civil War. That one is, is in second fact, place. Wandavision. It's our second longest one. one. Second place, I think, is is Wandavision. Yeah, yeah, the Wandavision yep. episode five episode. Yep. Um. All right. So best performance. We didn't write down categories here because we kind of need to. I think we need to talk this one out. Now we've already said Tony Leung, since we gave him best villain unanimously, is disqualified here. Yeah, but I think. He has an argument for taking it all away, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but we're going to disqualify him because we already gave him an award. Sorry, Tony. We still love you, obviously. We gave you an award. And we kind of gave you a second bonus small special award. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway. So, my mind, performance-wise on TV, and you can add some if you think. I think the obvious options would be Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, Paul Bettany for WandaVision. Because uh, I think those two both really held that show together. I can't really think of anyone I'd nominate for Falcon Winter Soldier. I know you think probably Daniel Bruhl there. Yeah, you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew it. Uh, then for Loki, I kind of actually like Owen Wilson more than that. Oh, that's cool. He's showing me his Funko Pop of Zemo. Zemo... For Loki, I think we have... Actually, you know what? I will put someone in for Falcon Winter Soldier. Carl Lumbly, 
Rick Falcon and Winter Soldier is an option Ooh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good. Um, for Loki, I'm gonna just throw Richard E. Grant and Jonathan Majors in there, even though they're guests, along with Hiddleston and Wilson. And I actually like Women Saw. That show probably might be like best ensemble of a show. I feel like if I had to give an ensemble award, and I can only pick one movie and one TV performance. Well, wait, wait, I'm not done. Okay, well, who's who's well? Uh oh, you can only pick one. Okay, I yeah, thought you said you can only single out one now. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, um, and then who else is on? Oh, what if I actually do feel like we should shout out Jeffrey Wright? Uh, not necessarily any of the the reprises, but I think Jeffrey Wright did a good job on that show. Hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't feel comfortable picking any of the re- the voice reprises. Uh, so and then for Hawkeye, I would say Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld, you know. Yeah. And. You can maybe put Florence Pugh there, but I think Florence Pugh obviously would be the Black Widow option. Uh, I'd throw in David Harbour for Black Widow as well. I kind of want to disqualify Tom Hardy personally, but we can put him up there just because I feel like he he transcends again. He kind of transcends. <laughs> like, he transcends. Is all it quality? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this good? I also want to put up Michelle Williams from Venom Left to Be Carnage. I think she's a really good option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aquafina, I'll put up for Shang-Chi because we, Tony Leung, this disqualified. I think Aquafina is really good. Um, <laughs> Spider Man, we have a lot of options with the foe. Garfield, Andrew Garfield, Alina, Alfred Molina, Tom Holland. A lot of good options there. And then for Eternals, honestly, Eternals is hard for me to pick. Maybe uh, Barry Keegan and uh, Lauren Ridloff for me, because that was more of an ensemble piece. And Kumal. Kumal we'll, we'll put Kumal up there. Too. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk this out. I, I can't give it to Tom Hardy. I feel like giving it to Tom Hardy, It every year Tom Hardy would be in a movie, I'd give it to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm, it's just I'm not so, fair to the competition. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> tempted. But also, I know that we're going to get more... We're supposed to get more Tom Hardy. So I think like my movie one would actually go to Willem Dafoe because he like the continuation of a character to come back and play a character that like to pick up a character however many years, like almost 20 years later and uh, play them not only accurately, but even more terrifying Um and convincingly so, yeah, I would See, say. See, my thing is, is that I can't give it to him because I think Andrew Garfield is better than the same movie. Gotcha, gotcha. And I also think, I'm surprised you didn't even give a, give a moment of thinking, even though you don't like the movie, Florence Pugh in Black Widow. Because I think she's a really good option for movie there. Yeah. But who do I want to go for? Because I keep thinking, I mean, honestly, I think I'll give it to Florence Pugh. Um, just because it'd be nice to give Black Widow an award, because I don't think it was terrible. Uh, actually, you know what? No, no. She gets second place. Florence Pugh gets second place, because I want to give it instead to a performance that I don't think will get the same amount of material she got this year before, even though she was barely in the movie. But I think Michelle Williams completely slays every single thing she has of Venom Let There Be Carnage. She's like, oh, Tom Hardy got to have fun last one? Well, I'll show them how to have fun. And like, I think she steals the movie almost from not not okay. That's a bit too much. But she's she matches Tom Hardy, which is crazy. Yeah. Um I think given I think that will be my choice. Cause I feel like 
<sighs> no Way Home is such an ensemble movie that to pick one would be rough. Same with Eternals, even though Kimal is very good in Eternals as well. Um, but yeah, it's to me, it's got to be either Florence or Michelle Williams. And the thing is, I think I'll get better Florence Pugh down the road. I think Michelle Williams completely upped her game from the first Venom, so she'd be my movie pick. Mm, um, that's a good one. TV. TV is hard. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. My personal thought process, immediately throw out uh, the guest stars. So Jonathan Majors and Richard E. Grant, I love you both. I'm throwing you out for myself. You can okay. pick them if you yeah, want. See, I'm throwing them out, especially Majors. Grant, maybe you can pick because we don't yeah. have the green camera. Grant, Grant was so good, but also like I look. Okay, so I, I I'm thinking about TV performance. What kept me coming back to to the show, and what shows kept me doing that? And it was definitely Loki and WandaVision. Um, but why why did Loki? And I think a big part of it is the writing. You know, it is it yeah. is acting, but a big part of it is the writing and. Whereas WandaVision, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany just they're like, oh, that we got this. And they just like they just like take the show, put it on their shoulders and just carry it the whole way. Yeah. Whole way through. And, yeah. I was going to say the hard part here to me isn't picking a show that. Wins yeah, it. it's picking between Bettany and Olsen. That's that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should just both agree to pick the opposite. So they both. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cheating. <laughs> um, mine's gonna go. Uh, it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna go. I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give best performance for TV to Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I'm gonna give that one. Yeah, that that's good because I knew I was going to give it to Paul Bettany. I was worried we're both going to pick. <laughs> I was, I was like, I really hope we're split on this because I do think they're both really good. I just like um, Paul, what Paul Bettany's doing a bit more, and I think the moment where he acts against the special guest star in the finale. Yeah, <laughs> the, but you know what I mean. Doing the dual role is very good, but I also think like with Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany, I just like the way he plays the episode. Episode five, we agree, is the best episode of WandaVision. They both are the reason why. Yeah. Olsen and Benny. But Benny, like, slowly realizing, like, what's going on. And that is, like, terrifying in a way to see Vision, like, panic. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just, it's a very, like, multifaceted performance. Yeah. Uh, but I also, like, Olsen is literally, like, maybe a millimeter behind him. So it's, like it's yeah so best tv show we're reaching the end of our, our awards our options are wandavision falcon the winter soldier loki what if hawkeye loki loki for for me i am definitely excited for uh season two um when wandavision ended i don't know i was like loki ended and i was like i want another season you know it's it was like I, I I want this. I I would totally binge that show if they released it all at once. Wandavision, I think I would binge, but I wasn't left wanting a uh, a seek like a second season. Well, you know, as much. I don't think it wants you to want a second season. That, yeah. So like, right. I don't. I wouldn't hold that against it. Yeah. Uh, my choice is rather easily Wandavision. I think. 
the experience of watching WandaVision weekly is the best. Well, let me put it this way. None of these sh- WandaVision and Loki were both the only ones that felt like they were designed to be watched weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the experience of WandaVision, especially it being the grand return to the MCU after a year off, was so good. And it's the only one of these that really experimented with style. Yeah. Uh, I think WandaVision has lower lows than Loki, but to me, the cohesive whole of it is better. And I also think the, I always said, if WandaVision made me cry in the finale, regardless of what else the finale did, something would have worked. And I did cry at the WandaVision finale. I think it's, I think it's the last bit of acting between Benny and Olsen is just devastating. Uh, and even if it did not necessarily stick the landing way people wanted it to, uh, and the way I wanted it to even really, I still thought it was a very strong show uh, throughout. The only issue with it is still uh, Monica being like, well, maybe they would agree with you if they were in your shoes. But like, you know, actually there's a lot of issues with it, but it is just the heights of it just completely. I was, I was like, I have, I have yeah. four <laughs> syllables. Astro engineer. Oh, that's five. Well, that's not a, that's, that's not an issue with the show. That's an issue with the mystery box. Uh, the way the show, that's an issue in the direction. I don't think it's an issue with the show. Gotcha. I, a bigger issue to me is how the sword stuff just is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a show Hayward? that's held together by Olsen and that's Benny. his name. Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Benny and Olsen are just that good to make it be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So best movie. We right. started out with Black Widow, then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Eternals, and then we ended this year with Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? Um, Yeah, you go first because I'm still figuring it out. So Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I already said it was the worst. Uh. Black Widow and Eternals are both three out of five movies to me for very different reasons. Uh, I enjoyed watching them both, but I think they're both. I think Black Widow is flawed because it's boring. I think Eternals is flawed because it kind of is trying to do a lot <laughs> and to varying degrees of success, which leads me to my two movies. I gave the same rating. Shang-Chi, Legend of Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. I have to go with Shang-Chi. Legend of Ten Rings, because the thing is with Spider-Man No Way Home is that, well, the difference is Shang-Chi, the improvements in it, I could see me getting in a sequel. In Spider-Man No Way Home, every issue I had with it was an issue I predicted I would have with it, and yeah. we're never going to get, again, we're never, I keep saying this, we're never going to get the opportunity to do this type of movie again. Really, for the second time, as I said, because my parents said it's a Spider-Verse ripoff, but the first time with these actors again. Um, so to me, the choice has to be... Sh- also, the action in Shang-Chi, the direction in Shang-Chi, the casting in Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is the best movie Marvel put out this year. To me, mm. Easy. Mm. I'm going to have to go with Eternals. Um, there's Wait, can I interrupt for one second before you give your thing? Yeah. Let it be known that Tyler thinks Eternals is better than every single Spider-Man movie ever made. I just want to have that on the record. If Spider-Man No Way Home is the best Spider-Man movie, then Eternals has to be better than every Spider-Man movie ever made. Go continue. He's very mad right now. All right. All right. So (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> so so yeah, I pick uh Eternals. Um there's so there's there's so many just like I don't want to say layers because I feel like that's a loaded statement. Um but there there's just so much that went into Eternals. It's very clear that it's a work of um of passion and just the the cinematography is fantastic. Here I am. I'm like, man, Chloe Zhao pulled pulled off the best movie this year, and then I said that the best filmography. Oh, that was filmography episode that we did. Yeah, yeah. never mind, never mind. Um, so so yeah, I just Marvel took a risk with Eternals, and I I think they are going the right way. It finally felt like something was new. Um, in the MCU, and they weren't weren't lying when they said it was gonna like expand even more. And I'm finally glad we touched on the like how the the Marvel Cinematic Universe came to be. Um, according to you know, kind of we we kind we established more mythos in there yeah. um and that's always that's always a lot of fun um yeah yeah so eternals eternals expanded the 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 mcu and it was it was just yeah i'm i'm lost for words um yeah. i don't i don't have my rant against critics to read i guess uh, i could go back and read that if you want me to but no we're good uh, <laughs> um, but so but best yeah. overall marvel thing which means for you you have to pick between eternals and loki what did you like more hmm i'm gonna have to go with loki yeah because it's got friend of the podcast richard e grant <laughs> so so, uh, so i mean that's 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 a big deciding factor but yeah, um like Eternals I'll definitely I'll definitely rewatch like once it comes out January 12th. But yeah, Loki Loki is one that here I'm going to say, "Oh, it's definitely one that I'll rewatch." And I've not rewatched it since we watched it this summer. But yeah, it's like you said, it's the one Marvel score that is ingrained in our heads now. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. Loki Loki is the true birth of the multiverse and yeah like it's it also ex- like expanded on the mythos too um not not as much as Eternals well that's debatable um but uh but yeah yeah I I would have to say best overall Marvel thing this year is is Loki what about you so my choices are Tyler. Do you remember what I picked? Um, it's gonna be Wandavision and Shang Chi were the two that you picked. All right, yeah, and I pick Wandavision. Uh, Wandavision is the only thing of these ten that I gave an eight out a uh, four out of five to on Letterboxd. Uh, everything else is three point five or lower. Uh, again, a lot of flaws in Wandavision, but I think the emotional backbone of it makes it soar higher than anything else here and of course the lead performances uh again credit to tony young the difference is is that i obviously it's called wanda vision it's not called uh wenwu and shang chi you know like 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's WandaVision show, so it's all anchored on them more than Wenwu is anchored in Shang Chi. Uh, so I think WandaVision also just it was such a and this might be also the opposite of recency bias, where being away from Marvel for so long made the return of it feel very special. Yeah, yeah, and that might that also helps WandaVision. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the uh, Diacino. Um, fan, Marvel fanfare, but when it first played at the be- when one that first episode of WandaVision yeah. was going, like I I got chills and I like just big smile across my face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want, I actually have I, I I didn't have you do one, so I'm sorry, but I have a ranking. If you want to know my total ranking of the ten, uh, are you curious? Sure. All right, so I'm gonna do worst to best. So it won't be you guys will know my top two. So. So, but anyway, it goes, what if Falcon and Winter Soldier, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Loki, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and WandaVision. That's my worst to best of Marvel mm. this year. Sorry, I didn't have you do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I would. I know my top three would be uh, Loki... Loki Eternals and then Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. But I just think it's such ap- a surprise to me that Shang-Chi isn't even in your top two. But no, it, Shang-Chi would be four. And then after that, it's no, WandaVision would be five. And then after that, it's kind of a free-for-all. Like, no, Venom. Venom would go I, there. I was gonna say, I like, Venom like would Venom. go there. Venom would go there. Venom would be so, would be six. And then after that, it's just before we give our, our final award, I just want to go through and read what our awards were. Uh, so for our final Spider-Man ranking, Tyler gave the best Spider-Man movie of all time to Spider-Man No Way Home. I gave it to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. For the worst Marvel project this year, we agreed. It's what if. For the best hero of the year, uh, I gave it to Spider-Man for Spider-Man No Way Home. And Tyler gave it to... Who did you give it to? I'm, I have to... Scroll to find. No, we didn't bold. You gave it to Loki. You gave it to Loki. I just have to remember. Loki for best hero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best villain. We both gave it to Wen Wu. Best action scene, which was an honorary award. We gave it to the bus scene with a special smaller version of the award to the fight with Wen Wu uh, in the bar. Best post credit scene. Tyler gave it to No Way Home's Venom scene. I gave it to the Harry Styles scene in Eternals. Best Green Room movie. Tyler gave it to the big sick. I gave it to three Kings best filmography. We did. Uh, I gave it to uh Destin. We both gave it to Destin Daniel Credin, even though we both agreed. Chloe Zhao was second uh, best retro movie. Tyler gave it to Fal- Captain America, the winter soldier. And I gave it to Captain America, the first Avenger. We agreed. The best episode we did was episode 18 about Spider-Man turn off the dark. We agreed. The best he- the score of the year was Natalie Holtz for Loki. For best performance, Tyler on a TV show, Tyler gave it to Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision. I gave it to Paul Bettany in WandaVision. For best performance in a movie, I gave it to Florence Pugh. No, I gave it to Michelle Williams in Venom Let There Be Carnage. And Tyler gave it to... uh, Who did you give it to? That's a good question. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think you gave it to Willem Dafoe, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. Best Best TV show... I gave it to WandaVision. Tyler gave it to Loki. Best movie. I gave it to Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Greens. Tyler gave it to Eternals. And best overall Marvel thing, I gave it to WandaVision. He gave it to Loki. So what are we looking forward to most in the new year? Our options are Moon Knight, 
She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, possibly Secret Invasion, I Am Groot, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Morbius, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, Part 1, I said Part 2, we're jumping a year, I don't know what happened this is Part 1, um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <sighs> now, your, your you comment there you about almost saying Across the Spider-Verse Part 2 just made me think, like, what if someone never watched Infinity War, but they watched Endgame, and then they're like, what happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why are all these characters so sad? Who is Thanos? Family? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, um, so we're going to break this into... Uh, I can, go, can I go first? Because I, sure. I just want to get done yeah. with it. Uh, yeah. My most fan movie, if you know me, it's obviously going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Like, obviously. That said, I will say most of the MCU movie. I want to give a quick comment and just say what a sad world we live in for a variety of reasons, both related to actual tragedy and to actual stupidity that the one of these three I am dreading the most is Black Panther 2. Uh, it's one I'm most worried about for a variety of reasons that we've talked about before here, both ones I'm sympathetic to. And ones that I am not sympathetic to. Uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot up in, in the prelude to Wakanda Forever. Because whenever we cover the Black Panther, the first Black Panther, I'm sure all this will come up. So, But it's really hard to pick between the return of Sam Raimi and Thor. And I gotta pick Thor Love and Thunder. Because I've always been excited to see what Taika Waititi does with a script that he wrote for himself. Because... It's because uh, Thor Ragnarok is great, but you can tell he didn't write it because none of the stuff on Asgard totally works. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's very obvious he does not care about it compared to the Grandmaster plot. Yeah. So yeah. I really cannot wait to see what Taika Waititi does with even more control. Um, And for the TV shows, mine's Miss Marvel. I really like the comic. Mm. I really like Kamala Khan. Uh. I think all four of these shows, though, to me, sound more exciting than any non-Loki or WandaVision show we got this year. So, Gotcha. Although, gotcha. I, I have a gut feeling that She-Hulk could be the one we end up not... Well, we'll see. I, I'm I, a little, I, I can see I us not know. being into She-Hulk. I can see us not being into She-Hulk, but... I. Well, I'm actually... I'll, I was going to start with movies, but I'm... Okay. I'm... Movie or TV wise, I'm actually looking forward to uh, Moon Knight and She-Hulk the most. Um, She-Hulk because uh, Moon Knight because like it, we're getting a, like a it looks like really gritty. Um, Oscar Isaac and yeah, the only Oscar Isaac that I've seen is um, Palpatine is back. Somehow. <laughs> and so, I mean... I should have given you an Oscar Isaac movie instead of a Delroy Lindo movie for an exit green room. <laughs> really? <laughs> true. True. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. And then uh, She-Hulk. Moon Knight honestly feels like it's, it's maybe the closest of what we're going to get in, the, uh, in Disney Plus. Um, similar to, like, what Daredevil... Netflix series was if it, it, it feels kind of like that. I don't want to don't want to lay the coins out on the table right, you know, right now. But um, She-Hulk I'm excited for because 
she's very much she very much breaks the wall the character does um similar to deadpool and i just want i want to see how they handle that um on disney plus i really hope that it's not going to be a uh wink to the camera type thing um yeah i hope it's not going to be like a wink to the like agatha all along type you know for the whole season like i hope it's not going to be that um uh yeah uh and then movie wise i'm least looking forward to morbius i hope venom (laughs) eats him um (laughs) and then i'm most looking forward to thor love and thunder i loved thor ragnarok it's still to this day my favorite mcu film um and yeah yeah i'm i'm concerned about black panther wakanda forever um for the same reasons you are Sam Raimi, though. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Raimi. See, the thing is, like, that teaser trailer, honestly, I was like, this is overwhelming. I I didn't need this right now. (laughs) Like, I was like, I just got it done with Spider-Man No Way Home. And then you throw this at me. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, Marvel, pull back. Uh, I, I have found that, um, I have heard that the I think the reason why we got a teaser trailer, we got the teaser trailer for Doctor Strange 2 um, at the end of No Way Home is because there is the supposed um, end scene that Danny, you and I have talked about this, um, this supposed in credit scene uh, where we glimpse Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and or Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker um, back in their universes and kind of seeing them like kind of a, oh, what have they been doing all these years? Or like, what's their current state, you know? And as much as like, oh, yeah, cool. I would love to see that. I'm really glad that I'm they didn't give us that because sometimes headcanon can be the best thing in the world. Um, and I, I very much agree with the, let it, if, if it's not going to serve a future storytelling purpose, then we don't necessarily need it, you know, right now. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just think that they could have cut a very small thing out of the teaser trailer and just gave us that as the clip. Um, but yeah. Yep. I do want to shout out also, because none of us mentioned it, I am looking forward to see how a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special Oh my goodness, yes. I, I, I am yeah. looking forward to that. It's just, it kind of exists in that realm between TV and movie where I can't say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, And from what I understand, James Gunn... He's writing and directing, he's writing it, yeah. and directing it. Yeah, so it should fall right in with the with the Guardians continuity and story, so... Um, I can't say that I'm really excited for I am Groot. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just kind of like, yeah, we've we kind of already aren't there shorts already on Disney Plus for I am Groot. Uh, they're like they're they're not as going to be the level of quality that I am Groot will be like gotcha. animation quality. Yeah, um, they're lot, they're very cheap. Uh, I you know you should also be excited that we're going to get two Oscar Isaac uh, projects this year in Marvel. So you know, are we? Uh, He's in. He's uh, the main new character in Across the Spider Verse. 
Oh, he is. Ooh, it's twenty ninety nine. Yeah, that's true. Now I'm even more excited because you reminded me about that one. Yeah, I don't know. Twenty twenty two looks like it's going to be a good year. And Miss Marvel. I don't know if the. I hope they're staying away from Inhumans. Danny, you couldn't get that reboot, so you can work at that reboot. So I don't. It know. just really is like I, I hate to say this, and we'll we'll move on. We'll wrap it up. But just looking at this list, besides I am Groot, it's like yeah, this is pretty exciting. Then there's like the looming nervous uh that is uh Black that is too yeah uh or it's like you know we really could have all just taken a step back for a year before we went into production on this we really could have we didn't if, need to rush this out it and, felt it feels very rushed yeah um you've mentioned to me before a possible switch like a movie switching with that one yeah, I think, Ant-Man. I think it would be Ant Man. I think it would be Ant Man because yeah. Miss Marvel. Uh, well, the thing is, Miss Marvel, might, the Marvels might take place after Secret Invasion, so that might need to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas um, Ant Man, I think you could probably just plop in there because Ant Man's done filming; they can easily finish the visual effects by November. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I could see Ant Man phone going there. I'd be I'd be down for Ant Man this year. More so. Kang. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. yeah more Kang. Uh, Bill Murray. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh what I want to say before we give our farewell is we need to tell you guys might have heard Morbius got moved to April. <laughs> but even without Morbius being moved to April, <sighs> we kind of are at a loss of things to podcast about uh for the next month or so, you know? So to kick it off. 2021. Kind, what, what kind of, kind of, Danny? Because because we have we have ideas. We have plenty of yeah. We, we have, have ideas, plenty right, of right. art to archive to but, work with. But, but yeah, in 2021, we're kicking it off with we just dis- I discovered I'm taking credit for this one. Sorry, um, that we actually have a past Marvel trilogy that has an anniversary, a notable anniversary for all three of the movies, and that's Men in Black, which you might not be aware. Uh, is released from a Marvel uh, imprint. Uh, I'd have to look it up, and I'm sure I'll say it on our actual episode, but there, it's a smaller entity of Marvel put out the comics of Men in Black first, and this year is the 25th anniversary of the original, the 20th anniversary of Men in Black 2, and the 10th anniversary of Men in Black 3. So we're just going to do all three of those in January, and then we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> we'll yeah. let you know when Men in Black, we do Men in Black 3, but what's next? So... Um, yeah, hopefully I, I'm looking for we're going to get a Morbius and that makes me not Morbius. They're not going to just move Morbius back, but there's rumors we're going to get a Moon Knight date within the next few weeks, like like when the release date will be. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that happens and we don't need to be vamping for so long after Men in Black. So. Yep. I I'm honestly I'm really excited to go back and watch these Men in Black films and I've never seen Men in Black 3. So, I've never seen two. I yeah. saw three was actually the first one I saw. And I'll get into that when we cover. Minimum yeah, so, so this is... Sparta. No, this is Sparta. <laughs> yes. Um, That's a DC movie. It is. Uh, a D- is it? It I is. Think so, yeah. I think, yeah. You can go Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. Anyway, film of the year. we're going to thank Joe Schirmer for editing this episode. Well, let's let's also thank like all of our... Everyone oh, else who's edited, yeah, yeah. We'll thank Zachary Wright for helping us with the edit. 
uh, earlier on this year because, man, you really got us through a lot of the time when we were <laughs> we, we were really getting, putting this together uh, in the middle of summer. Uh, and then also, I'd like to thank all of the guests we've had this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tori Estes. I'm not going to go in order. Kevin Lau, Caleb S. Bunn, Sarah Knopf, Mark Young, Julius Jefferson, uh, Jay Slahi, uh Drew Hayden, Luke Hayden. Am I missing anyone, you think? Hopefully not. I can't think of any. My wife. Oh, <laughs> Felicia <laughs> fell again when I was gone. That's yeah. It. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't believe I forgot her. Yeah, she she can arrest me. <laughs> she wants to know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was great having all you on. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, and you. Chris Seaman. And Chris Seaman. Yes. Uh, and we'd like to have you all back at some point, hopefully. Uh, but this isn't. Don't blow up our email. Don't call us. We'll call you. We're going to these men in black ones ourselves. No, um, send us tons of emails. We want the emails. Yeah. Unless they're definitely. forwards. Don't don't forward us stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Unless they're coupons. So, I'm vamping, Danny. <laughs> we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Do yeah. the outro. Yes. All right. So thank you for listening to this episode and this past year of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us at whyiswithtyan1, because as I've been for the last year, I'm number one. But in 2022, it's going to change. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. You can follow me, Davidson, on Letterboxd. It's at Blankman's for reviews of movies that include ones that aren't in the MCU. We're going to get copyright. We're going to get hit with copyright. All right. If Taylor Swift was in the end of this episode, I'm pleased. Bring on the litigation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do not bring on the litigation. Oh, oh, we'll catch you in the next one.